Hello, everyone. I am Kimberly Adams, and welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. Today, it is finally, 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 Friday, April the 7th. And I'm Sabri Benishore, in for Kai Rizdal. Thanks for joining us. Uh, also for happy hour, uh, as we like to call it, economics on tap. You have so many plants, Sabri. <laughs> I feel like we need to at least acknowledge that you are the plant person, if that is going to be the background on YouTube. Yeah, well, it's either, yeah, the plants or just my chaos room. So now it's, it's I guess it's both. How many plants do you have? Um, the last time I counted, um, I had like, I had 100 indoor plants. And then wow. there's some outdoor plants, but I don't count them. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. So what are you drinking? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so... Oh, I'm drinking a smoothie. This I is literally it was be a like smoothie. this is literally like this is like seventy percent of what I consume on a daily basis because I'm too lazy to cook, and because there's no time to cook when you're on like spot duty when you're like doing the news. Like, there's no, I don't even know what people eat. Ever since I started in journalism, basically, I have started consuming mostly smoothies, which so it's, that's been like fourteen years. I mean, what are you drinking? You are healthy. Well, actually, I was going to talk about being healthy. Uh, and so this month, April, is actually Alcohol Responsibility Month. You know how everybody loves these branded months. And I guess uh -huh. it's April because by now everybody's kind of <laughs> weaned off the dry January kick and any <laughs> good habits that you may have developed then <laughs> will uh, maybe be fading a little bit. <laughs> and so anyway, Alcohol Responsibility Month, just an, a time and an opportunity for us to be mindful about our drinking. And so I have a mocktail today. Oh, and that's so mine, nice. isn't it? It's made with alcohol removed whiskey, a spicy cherry orange tonic that one of our uh, very kind listeners sent our way. And then... Oh. Um, ginger ale, and some alcohol-free bitters, which are actually a thing that exists. And wow. so it's quite tasty. You know, it's not it's not an alcoholic drink. I'm not going to say it tastes the same, but it does taste mm. good. So there's that. Oh, and so I was at this event at the press club a couple weeks, maybe a month or so ago, um, mm -hmm. from one of these groups that promotes alcohol awareness especially trying to prevent underage drinking with teens and they actually mm -hmm. have this app where you can plug in what you ate what you're drinking how tall you are how old you are how much you weigh and it will estimate what your blood alcohol level is and like oh wow yeah, isn't that cool? And so, like, you know, you have your different limits of what you're supposed to drive. Obviously, it's not, like, perfect or scientific, but it kind of yeah. gives you a range. And they were doing, like, these breathalyzer tests because they were serving drinks, but only two because that's a healthy amount. They were serving mm -hmm. drinks and then they all these healthy. snacks because they said, contrary to urban legend, it is not starchy foods or greasy foods that help you to not be hungover or to absorb the alcohol. It's mm. actually protein foods. Oh, oh, interesting. So all okay. that popcorn I ate to, you know, soak up the booze over the years. Yeah, did nothing. Did nothing. Mm. So basically. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, so you can plug in what you ate and it'll tell you what it did to your blood alcohol level. So, yes, I wow, have a there's... mocktail and 
Hmm? No, there's just there's so many times in my life I feel like that would have been useful. But yeah. Well, you know what you can do that actually helps if you ever get hangovers is um what? Well, I would always drink uh like a full glass of water be try just drink as much water but have like six um B vitamin B complexes at the same time uh before you go to bed basically. Mm-hmm. And it worked. I would say it worked for it worked for a few years until my like body finally rejected alcohol in my <laughs> 30s. Hey, it's healthier. That's real healthy. All right. Uh, let's move on to the news fix. We've been going on way longer. Okay. Sabri, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, okay. So I saw uh, an article in Foreign Policy Magazine uh, by Adam Posner, who's the head of the Peterson Institute uh, for International Economics. And uh, the title is America's Zero Sum Economics Doesn't Add Up. And basically, it's a critique of all the... Um, well, basically protectionism that the U.S. is engaged in largely as a response to um, China and um, and the supply chain breakdowns in the pandemic. Um, you know, we've, we're investing a bunch in chips. We're uh, tr- trying to promote our domestic industries as much as possible, uh, slapping tariffs on China. And he – it's kind of a warning, you know, uh, that – Usually many of these things have a real potential to backfire. Um, When you start putting your thumb on the scale too much for your own domestic industries, it can create a lot of inefficiencies. It can um, obviously alienate your allies, right? You know, Mm -hmm. we have tariff, uh, we have benefits for electric vehicles that uh, really, really pissed off Korea and Europe. (laughs) And these are not the people that you want to be pissing off, you know? Um, So... Uh, and, he, you know, he also argues that it's kind of um, – it can drag productivity and innovation if you start interfering in, in the market. And he made one really interesting point, which was, you know, where where our you know, the U.S. administration is sort of obsessed with maintaining technological innovation. But you don't necessarily have to invent something to benefit economically from it. So he gives some examples of some technologies which we did not necessarily invent, but we then jumped on and used, and it created mm-hmm. great productivity for us. Whereas other countries, even the ones who invented it, um, kind of lagged because um, they didn't promote, you know, marketize, you know, the, the commercialization of these things. It's an interesting read. It's um, it's an interesting read because. We are in a moment where there is this emerging consensus around industrial policy and that we need to do it and that, you know, China is mm-hmm. committing all this industrial espionage, uh, you know, trying to promote its own technological development. It's created a lot of fear, um, much of which is perfectly justified. Um, but, you know, when you're in a moment where everyone seems to be largely on the same page, that's usually a time when you want to question the page, you know. Right. It, just a little. Nicely said. So it was nicely said. It was an interesting, um, an interesting critique that I think had some great points. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and read that I haven't had a chance to yet. So my news fix what, is about yeah, the um, ongoing drama in Tennessee, and I and if anybody's oh like me, God. you've <laughs> you've sort of seen this 
percolating in the background. You've seen the headlines, but maybe didn't read too deeply into it. So if you go to the links on the show page, we have um, a couple links from local journalists talking about this, which I always think is the best way to, you know, get the intel. And the, you know, too long, don't read situation is after that horrible shooting in Nashville. There were three Democratic lawmakers who were state lawmakers who were protesting on the floor um, in session about gun control, trying to push for more gun control. And the Republicans who control that state legislature did not like it. And they voted to expel two of them. And that's pretty unprecedented to expel members of state legislatures over protesting as opposed to some of the thing, other things that people have been expelled for. As pointed out in this Twitter thread, hold on, let me pull that up again. Yeah, it was like they've only expelled like two people in 157 years and they were for yeah. like major yeah, things. Yeah, here we go. So this is from Holly, Holly McCall. McCall. She says the last time a representative was expelled was in 2016, a Republican who sexually assaulted or harassed at least 22 women. The state attorney general investigated and confirmed he was only expelled after he was pushed out by the GOP primary and considered unhelpful. And so this is, you know, there. And then she says, this wasn't about decorum. People who peed in chairs were convicted of domestic assault, bugged their colleagues' offices, sent racist and sexist texts with staff members, admitted to sexually assaulting high school girls they coached, were not expelled. And these lawmakers were. We talk a lot about national politics on the show, on Marketplace, and it's just worth remembering That when it comes to people's day-to-day lives and some of the decisions that really are going to impact what happens in your schools, in your communities, it's really those state-level politics and those local politics that matter. And, you know, we ignore what's happening in our state legislatures to our great detriment. And, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris apparently made a surprise visit to see these lawmakers today. And I... I hope this is not a sign of things to come in terms of a way to silence uh, opposition in various levels of government. So that was a downer. Um, yeah. To super cheer. Wild. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sabri. What were you going to say? No, no. I mean, it's just like it. it's uh, it's just very telling that there, I don't know, whatever sense of of comedy uh, mm. that probably once existed in that legislature, you know, where it's like, look, we're all here to do a job. We're all here to represent our, our constituents. Like, let's, you know, I don't know. I don't know, a certain amount of forbearance uh, amongst what might be like a, a a type of community in a way. Um, that's gone. I mean, it's gone. I mean, just think about the level of animosity in this state legislature that led to this outcome. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a good look, honestly. 
Okay. Um, I know that we're already running kind of over on time, but before we get to half full, half empty, you have to tell everyone the story about your ceramics. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So, like, two or three – I make ceramics on the side. That's just my side gig, hobby, whatever, and I teach it. Um, and so, like, two or three years ago, this woman contacted me on Instagram and was like, hi, I would like to buy one of your bowls. And I was like, okay. And we sort of negotiated on the price. And she was like, because this is going to be, you know, this is going to be in a movie. And I'm like, um, what movie? And so then she had me sign a non-disclosure agreement that said, oh, this is going to be in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> barely even know what Dungeons. Why, why did you make me sign an NDA? I barely know what Dungeons and Dragons is. What, what, what is this like made for TV movie? And it was being filmed in Ireland. I was like, great. Some local movie on local Irish TV is, is like, whatever. Um, anyway, uh, so I gave her the bowl. And turns out the movie was the Dungeons and Dragons movie, like the actual movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I just found that out like a month ago. And I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, so we went to go see the movie and I couldn't even pay attention to the plot for the first, like, 35 minutes because I was like, is that my bowl? Is that my bowl? Is that my bowl? And then finally, <laughs> it was my bowl. And I was like, <gasps> and my, me and my boyfriend were both watching this and we both, like, were like, <gasps> like, at a totally non-dramatic moment in the movie. Like, everyone else is just, like, a very <laughs> non-important part of the movie. But us two were like, <gasps> and but it's only in it for, like, two seconds. But that's fine. Doesn't I'm gonna matter. Take it. It's I'm still gonna there. It. I'm gonna, yeah, as if far as I'm concerned, a... I made a cameo appearance in a major movie. <laughs> yes, you did. Good for you, Sabri. If you have a photo of that specific bowl uh, from yeah. before you sold it, you should share it so we can put it on the show page. Just because I know everybody oh, yeah. wants to see it. Oh, yeah, I can do All that. All right. At long last, <laughs> let's move on to, uh, well, no, I'm sorry. We need to take a break now. We're going to take a quick oh. break. Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to play a round of Half Full, Half Empty. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, this is Half Full, Half Empty, where we go through some of the news topics from the week, and you tell us, and we tell you, how we're feeling about them, and it's hosted by our very own Drew Jostad. All right, are you half full or half empty on Twitter, replacing the bird logo with a doge meme? I'm so empty on so many things related to Twitter. It's just all so childish. Don't want to give it any more oxygen. Empty. Sabri? Uh, empty, 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 empty. I, I have, I, even as a joke, it's just, it's like, it's, it's not funny anymore. It's just, it's not even funny. It's just, it's just, 
It's just dumb. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. All right, next. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you half full or half empty on avoiding higher egg prices by decorating potatoes for Easter? I've heard a couple of people talking about this. Have you heard about this, Sabri? I have not heard about this. So I guess apparently people are decorating potatoes. (laughs) I mean... If you think about sort of the logic of decorating a food item, a potato is, I suppose, as logical as an egg. Although my very Christian upbringing tells me not because, you know, in in that environment, they told us the egg, the different parts of the egg represented the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. because It was the duality all in one. Yeah, that was that was sort of how they related the egg to Easter because it represented not duality, but how three things could exist in one. And so God could be the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, just like an egg can have the yolk, the white and the shell. Very religious. Oh, wow. I had Mm -hmm. no idea. I thought that it was just I thought maybe it was some like pagan holdover about some magic rabbit that laid eggs or something. It absolutely is a pagan holdover. Made it. I see. Oh, that's so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But on potatoes. (laughs) Yeah, on potatoes. No, I'm so I'm I'm totally full on that. That's very like both uh, what's what what do you frugal and artsy? Because you could probably carve a potato. There could so much you could do with a with a potato. I'm so so full on that. Do you ever make the potato stamps where you like cut them in half and you carve something in it and then you dip it in paint and you make it into a stamp? I think I read about doing it, but I never did it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I'll go half full. Why not? <laughs> um, what's next? Half full or half empty on the banking crisis being a boon for cryptocurrency. <sighs> I don't think it's that much of a boon. Like, call me when Bitcoin is at like sixty thousand or something. Uh, but I think there's probably some. I don't. I don't. I don't. I guess I just don't trust it. I guess I. I. I don't. I think it's going to take more than that to like revive crypto. Honestly, so I don't have yeah. that game. I'm so mistrustful of crypto that uh, I think I also have to be half empty on that. Um, (laughs) Yes. All right. Um, I think that we are ready for our last topic, which we can let our YouTube audience weigh in on. Is that right, Drew, or did I skip one? Nope, you're right. Okay, cool. So everybody in the YouTube live stream, get ready. On this one, Sabri and I are going to withhold our judgment as much as we can. You may see it on our faces, our bad. Uh, But you can vote (laughs) in the YouTube live stream uh, for whether you're half full or half empty on the following topic. Go, Drew. Okay, so the Super Mario Brothers movie came out this week. So are you half full or half empty on video game adaptations for film and television? Ah, man. Looking for the poll. I think they're going to post it in just a minute. Um, There it is. There's the poll. All right. So folks in the YouTube uh, live stream can vote. Uh, I, you know, I wonder what the Tetris movie counts as. Like Super Mario 
Brothers movie is obviously a video game ad- adaptation. The Last of Us uh, video game mm-hmm. adaptation, Final Fantasy over the years. But I wonder, like, if you're talking about the, the movie Tetris, which is about the development of the game, you, you're looking at me like I'm crazy, Sabri. So I didn't there know there was a Tetris is, game. There's, there's a, movie, you didn't yeah. know there was a Tetris about, yeah, game. Movie, yeah. There's a Tetris movie about how, I guess, it was like this Cold War espionage thing all tied up in the original code for Tetris involving, like, some American huckster going over there trying to get the game and trying to work with, you know, Japanese game makers about the Game Boy and all these things, and it's this big adventure. So, you know, I, I guess it's a video game-ish movie. But um, we have 122 more votes coming in. Everybody vote. We're going to wind it down. And 125 feels like a good number. Sabri, you have full half empty on video game movies. I am half full. I am half full on that. I'm probably more than half full. Uh, No, I think it's cool. The Last of Us was great, although the ending was traumatizing. Um, But... Mm. Uh, last was so cool. Um, what else has there? No, yeah, I'm I'm off. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go half full just because I t- typically find those kind of movies entertaining. Even though I'm not a big gamer, I like watching the movies of them. So I'm gonna go half full. So yeah, that's fun. All right. Well, thank you everybody for voting. And we have the results of the poll in terms of the rise of video game adaptations. Our crowd is half empty at 58% and half full at 41%. So I guess people um, aren't fans of the video game adaptations. You know, it's probably because we're both not like super gamers. Because I bet if you are a gamer gamer, you probably have a lot invested in the game version. And you see the movie and it's like, it's nothing like the game. This pales (laughs) and this is a shell of of the masterpiece that I know and love. That's probably it. (laughs) All right. Well, that is it for us today. We will be back next week. But before we go, we have a big favor to ask. If you missed it, Make Me Smart has been nominated for a Webby Award, and we are so excited about it. But we are not going to be able to win without your support. Right now we're in, like, third place, um, and we'd love to actually win it. It means a lot. So you can vote for us by going to marketplace.org slash vote MMS, as in, like, Make Me Smart. Uh, and you can also, we're also going to have the link in our show notes. So if you could vote for us, we would appreciate it. And thank you. And you can leave us a voicemail at 508-UB-SMART or email makemesmart at marketplace.org. So you at least rock a little bit. Kind of never even moves on music. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by Drew Jostad, who wrote the theme music to Half Full, Half Empty. And Antonio Barreras is our intern. The team behind our Friday game is Mel Rosenberg, Emily McCune, and Antoinette Brock. Marissa Cabrera is our acting senior producer. Bridget Bodnar is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. Nice timing, Sabri. Well done. (laughs) 